Good morning. Today's reading is from Psalm 19, verses 7 through 10. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. think I'm on mute there. All right. All right, guys, I get the, I get the message. Um, well, hey, my name is, uh, my name's Dave. Um, I'm the lead pastor here at Redemption Tucson. And if, uh, if you're new or you've never um, heard me preach before, uh, I just want to say again, welcome. We're very glad you're here. I also want to give you all a heads up that I have a stutter. It'll kind of come in and out as I go. It's not the freezing temperatures, though it is nice. I don't know if you're like me. I love it when it's like this outside. It's kind of a new, a new, uh, a new thing for us here in Tucson. When it was like 78 on Christmas Day, I was sad. Um, so anyway, this is good. But um, let me uh, just kind of share with us where we're headed um, today, as well as what's um, coming up in a couple of weeks. So um, go ahead, if you need a book, Bible, hold your hand up high and keep it up and somebody will get you a copy of God's word. So um, hold it up high. Don't just do the, you know, auction thing, but keep it up like this. Wave both hands if you need. All right. And I think some people are coming forward here to hand them out and I can help with this if we need. Um, y en español, si quiere la Biblia y no tiene, por favor, levanta su mano y diga español. Y si no tiene ningún Biblia, uh, eso es un regalo a usted. Y um, esta mañana estamos en muchos libros de la Biblia, en la Biblia. All right, we know who speaks Spanish in here. Three of you chuckled. So yeah, we're in a number of, um, we're in a couple different, um, different books this morning. On that note, um, where we'll be today as well as next week is kind of taking a break from what we've been doing um, before we launch into a new series in um, in, on January 13th. So um, uh, again, this morning, we're looking at uh, kind of the first part of a two-part series, which is kind of back to the basics is um, what it's called, Not Loved Walked Among Us. I'll get there in a second. Um, so back to the basics. This morning, we're looking at the Bible, and we're just talking about the significance of God's word and what it means to really come in um, uh, consistently before the scriptures and to be shaped by, by his word. And then next week, we're looking at prayer and just the significance of, of what it means to pray, to go before God. There'll be some practical elements both this morning and next week as well as some kind of paradigm shaping stuff. All right. So again, we're looking at the scripture this week. We're looking at prayer next week. Then um, on January 13th, we've got a, um, we're going to be kicking off a new series here. Um, now's the time. Love Walked Among Us. And um, what that'll be, let me just, let's thank the, the, this AV team, by the way, whenever we interact. Um, 
uh, not just because it's, it's, it's a chance for us to remember just how much they do. And um, as we often say, they sadly don't get really noticed unless something goes wrong. But um, they work effortlessly. Um, is that the right term? No, they work with a lot of effort. They work really hard every week um, just to make sure mics are working and slides are going and all these different things. Um, so anyway, yeah, thank you, you guys. Um, so in two weeks, all right, what we're doing is um, we're going to be starting a new series, and that'll be a fun service because we'll be getting, um, we'll actually be having a baptism service. So if you're a follower of Jesus and um, you've never been been baptized, you've never um, kind of made a public declaration of your faith in in Christ, and um, and and also it's it's a gift from God to remember your identity in in Him and in who you are, and that um, uh, throughout life you look back and you recall, I am a new creation. I'm dead to sin and alive to new life through faith in Christ. Um, then by all means, put it on a on a connect card or or come up and talk to myself or to Alex, um, another elder here um, after our time and, and talk about that. So anyway, we'll be kicking off. Um, our series with that. We'll be doing baptisms and Love Walked Among Us. Let me just share what that is, okay? It's a, it's a bit different than other series that we typically walk through, okay? We normally hunker down in one book of the Bible and we walk through that book. And, and, and as we'll talk about Today, it's important, it's shaping to come under God's word and to walk through it in, in that way. What we're doing this time in this um, is we're basically honing in on the person and work and life and ministry and character of Jesus. And even as we'll talk about some when we, we look at the scriptures, the way we tend to approach even the gospels, which are primarily about Jesus, is we can read about him and not really know him not really know how he relates with people, not really look at some of, the, some of his mannerisms and ways he, he, he thinks he does when he engages people. We might know some of the stories about what he does, but not really who he is. So this series, which will be starting on the 13th of January and going up till Easter is gonna be, we'll, each week we'll walk through a particular scripture, but, but, but again, we'll, we'll, um, it'll be in different places each each week where we, we look at a story and we really dig into the person and work and character of Jesus. So on that note, we there's a book written by a guy named Paul Miller, which will be kind of like our tour guide, if you will, okay, through that. So um, we'll have those for sale, um, even l- less than what they cost on Amazon and things like that. We, we got a deal. So we'll have those on sale starting next week out there. And we'd love to encourage you to get one of those. And this is even kind of scary for me, but even read ahead. Okay. Coming up for the, um, the, the, the sermon that will be in that. So for instance, on the 13th, we'll be kicking off looking in, in Luke where Jesus interacts with a widow. And I would love it if we're all sitting here ready to try to try to trap me, right? With like, all right, I already looked at this. I already read ahead. Now let's dig into it. Okay. So again, I want to encourage you in that. Again, this morning we're looking at, um, uh, we're, we're looking at the scriptures. So let's go ahead and pray and ask the God of the scriptures to lead us and oversee our time here together. Uh, again, Lord, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the word. And uh, Lord, I, I pray that as we come together this morning, we would be in a place right now where perhaps some others earlier heard Christina read from your scriptures and be cut to the heart. 
Lord, be brought to, to tears and, and, and to joy in, Lord, who you are and how you reveal yourself most clearly and most consistently and most pointedly through the scripture. So, Lord, I pray that, that you would break away um, wrong views we have of your word and, Lord, instill uh, a joy in, in, in coming before you and spending time in your, in your word that you've given us. So, Lord, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so um, this morning, and this is always the case, but specifically this morning, if you, um, we're going to be looking at a couple different passages, as I said. We're going to be in the Psalms, then we're going to jump over to Second Peter, then we're going to go over to John. All right, we're going to be in a couple different places, and I, I would encourage you, if you need to, by all means, follow along, get your Bible right. You hopefully held your hand up and you got one, and you can, you know, go through and be, you know, tracking, taking notes and stuff, but if you're in a place, perhaps like myself even, where you just need to hear God's Word, and it'll be up here on the screen. Don't feel the pressure to like just kind of you hear you know to be going there but if need be just be ministered to by God's word as we'll be in it a lot this morning on that note um a couple of the things if you could put up the, the the passage that we had up there from Psalm 19 some of the words that came out as Zach read through the scripture about God's word right we're reading the Bible about the Bible all right, and the psalmist is walking through and he says some things, like in verse seven, he says, you know, your word is perfect. And then he says, it revives my soul. And then down in verse eight, he says, rejoicing the heart and enlightening the eyes. And then down in verse 10, he uses some language, right? He says, it's sweeter than honey. Is this your experience with the Bible. When you read the scriptures, does it, did, would you agree and say like in verse 10 that it's more desirable than gold? All right, for me, sometimes it's not even as desirable as a football game, right? It's not as desirable as um, scrolling through the news or something else. It's just, and, and, and this is a time where I want us to, as we talk about getting back to the basics, we talk about God's word. I just want to encourage us right now to not put on pretenses, to not even try to convince ourselves, much less our neighbor or someone else, what our actual view of God's word is, but to really be honest and say, what, what is it? Because again, I, I would contend even on the front end that God's design in giving us the scriptures is that it's a gift, a gift to be cherished, a gift to be run toward in, in whatever circumstance we're in, whether we're rejoicing or we're weeping, that his Bible, his word, his scriptures is something he's given us to know him and to guide us and to, and to direct us through life. And Yet two extremes we tend to fall in that I think probably the majority of us in here, and some of us probably fall into both, depending on how we're doing. But one is we have kind of a flippant, loosey-goosey perspective on God's word, and we kind of put it right there with other things, with tradition, right? Some of uh, the, uh, the, the, the Orthodox church would say Holy Scripture with a capital S and Holy Tradition with a capital S. T, and they really go hand in hand 
together. And some of us, perhaps from an Orthodox or a Catholic background, maybe we kind of have this view and it's really high up there. And, and, and so it's not inviting, right? When we have that view, it's not like, oh, like honey, like, like dripping honey. Let me run to God's word. It kind of is more of a, more of like something like, ah, it sounds really sterile and academic, right? And, and then some are like, oh, I, man, when I really want to be intimate with God, I turn on some music, I just go out into, I go inward, I look at my own heart, my own feelings, and that's going to really determine who God is and how I interact with him. And his word, I can maybe dip into it and maybe sprinkle it into how I'm doing, but I'm really driven more by my feelings. Again, or I'm really driven more by academic and it has nothing to do with, with goodness or joy. It's more just something I kind of suck up and do. And some of us even convince ourselves, like in the same way we convince ourselves we love the periodic table, right? It's like, I love the Bible, but we treat it like, again, like, man, if I've, it, like it's an academic endeavor. And yet for some of us, um, I think we, we, can, we can maybe know where we tend in terms of how, how do we engage his words. I have a, a story that I want to share with you, but a more practical one that is really just hits home right now for me is I found out late last night that my grandmother passed away. And so I, and she was like the grandma, you know, my other grandma was in, was in England. She was great and everything, but I didn't like this one made me cookies every birthday and sent them to me wherever chocolate with peanut butter chip and these and just she made me an afghan I didn't even know what an afghan was she made one for you know like we all had these things like she was that grandma you know like just always there and and I talked to my dad last night who's sick and and you know ailing himself and he's kind of holding back tears and there's this brokenness in my family and this is like what seven o'clock last night so this is raw and yet as I'm thinking through this sermon I'm like man is God's word like sweeter than honey to my my soul in this moment do I want to run to his scriptures in this raw moment and candidly I, I really wanted to run to Netflix you know to 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 whatever to some wine you know just kind of numb kind of, you know, tune out. And yet, and yet what, what does God's word have to do with me or with us in these kind of moments? Okay, and perhaps that doesn't hit a, hit a chord. What, what did come to mind also for me is a, a conversation I had when I was in college. I was a freshman in college, and some of you guys know my kind of background, how I came to faith in a more charismatic kind of, kind of church. And, and, and by God's grace, I had a growing, thriving faith throughout my you know, childhood. And, and I'll share later when I really started to dig into his word. It wasn't just when I started going to a Presbyterian or a Baptist church. I hit them all, by the way, right? Um, but, but it was actually in a Pentecostal church that I was challenged to read God's word, and I'll, I'll share that in a bit. But, but I still definitely leaned more toward, like, my intimate times with God, right? Like the times when I had the music going, the camp, incense, right? God uses all things. I had a f family that partook in some of the herbs, you know? And so uh, non-Christian family, so incense were always burning in my house. So I just, you know, made, redeem that, right? I'm this young college guy, light some incense, get, you know, into the uh, inner intimate times with the Lord. And that was kind of what drove my faith more. 
Well, I find myself as a freshman in college in a conversation like a lot of college students do. And, and my good friend, one of my best friends, just hung out with him the other day. who's an elder at, a, at a, another church here in town, um, Holy Cross Church, which we pray for and love. And, and they supported us and all that. So anyway, I'm hanging out with my friend. And we, and at the time, he wasn't yet my friend. But we get into a theological debate. All right, and um, now we're both on the same side in this theological debate. But at the time, he's talking about God's character and this high view of God and all these things. And I just kept saying like, well, you know, that's not my experience. And my God wouldn't, wouldn't be like that. And my God wouldn't relate with me that way. And, and, and to be fair, he would agree. He was being a little bit sterile and kind of didn't have this intimate relationship with the Lord in this way. But he kind of called me on this thing as I'm debating with him about God and his relationship to us. He finally just said, well, you keep talking about your God. Um, what about the God of the Bible? It's like, man, dang, mic drop, right? Um, and, um, and, that, and, and that led to me, and again, we became really good friends, but that developed a relationship over the years where where he, coming from a more sterile academic view of God, needed to understand that the scriptures were not just things to put snot-nosed freshmen in their place, right? To kind of use to thump somebody with. But, 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 but I also needed to grow in understanding, man, this God that I experience is um, most clearly revealed through his, his, his word. And, the, and the, that informs and enlivens my, my relationship with him. And is not something to just, again, like kind of suck up and get myself through. So let's look at this passage in 1 Peter chapter 1, that's the, where the author, the apostle Peter, gives us this incredibly beautiful and clear picture of the importance, the significance of God's word. So pick up with me there in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16, where... Peter says this, says, For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Now, as he's talking, right, he begins this and he's talking about their, their faith. And he's, as, he, as he writes to this, this, this new group of followers of Jesus, he wants to encourage them in discipleship, right? That word disciple means a follower. And he's saying, listen, as growing followers of Jesus, and you need to understand your relationship with God, it's, it's not, this isn't just some cult, all right? This isn't just some kind of ethereal, mystical thing that, oh, someone handed down in this kind of house of cards, this very flimsy faith that you now ha have that just, oh, I don't really know. Like my, well, I'm, um, you know, I grew, grew up in the South. I just talked to, with some people from Alabama or who just moved to Alabama and I lived in Arkansas for a while and it was crazy there. You would talk to someone, you'd ask them about their faith and it would be like, um, man, I, well, I'm, I'm Baptist. Yeah, well, to, tell me about that. Like, tell me about your relationship with Christ. Oh, I'd have to ask, you know, my mom about when, I mean, I was baptized and, you know, I, I went to a camp, but I don't really, well, yeah, tell me, like, what does it mean to follow, what does it mean that Jesus is Savior and Lord of your life? Wow, I, don't, I mean, I'm Baptist, you know, it's just what we do. It's my, my culture, right? And we can think of different faiths where that's, that's the case. And so, 
Peter is saying, listen, that's not the case in authentic Christianity, okay? As a, as a follower of Jesus, it's not just this kind of ethereal, handed down kind of deal. We got some kids that are pounding on the door, by the way, all right? It's, um, they're, they're involved here. They're, they're excited. They want in. They could come in, all right? We don't have to keep them out. Okay, so... <laughs> All right, as, 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 as Peter's trying to instill assurance in their faith and to lay a solid foundation, he says, listen, it's not just these myths out there. And he goes on, he says, he says we, we were eyewitnesses of Jesus's majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father and the voice was born to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven for we were with him on the holy mountain. Okay, so he's trying to instill the confidence, okay, because is this young, fledgling, growing group of followers of Jesus. I don't know everyone in this room and where your faith began and where you're at in your faith journey, but imagine kind of an older brother, if you will, or kind of a, a, a mentor type relationship coming alongside you and saying, listen, your, your, your faith is, is not just built upon silly myths because your faith will be challenged and you'll be tempted to think, oh yeah, I guess my parents handed this down, but that contradicts what I'm hearing now in school or what I'm hearing from my teammates or my classmates. And, you know, yeah, maybe that, maybe there's not really a solid foundation I can, I can trust. And he's saying, no, 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 no. Listen, we witnessed this stuff. Uh, He's saying, I saw the transfiguration, all right? That's when Jesus and Moses and Elijah were, 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 were glorified on the mountain and, and the voice from God the Father came and, and, and spoke to Peter. And I love that Peter doesn't talk about how he got kind of put in check by God the Father because he's like, maybe we should build some tents, right? And then God the Father's like, whoa, whoa, no, this is my time right now. You be quiet. Let me tell you. And he says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, okay? Follow him, and here's my plan, and and, and this stuff. So it's this, this glory. And Peter says, listen, what I'm telling you, I got to witness. But then look in this next verse. Even witnessing Jesus glorified, the transfiguration He says, that's not what your faith is built upon. There's something even greater. Okay, look here in verse 19. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. We could get into this more, and I want to dig in here, and there are commentaries and and, and different scholars who have spoken on this. In this moment, Peter is clearly referring to the Old Testament, okay, to the Hebrew scriptures. He doesn't know that he's writing scripture, the very word of God. So he's referring to the Old Testament, the scriptures. And yet we know and, 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 and are confident upon the fact that God's word has now been fully given in the canonized scripture, the inerrant 
perfect word of God given to us. Okay, and so we now can see in hindsight that Peter is referring to not just the Old Testament, but in God's wisdom, the full counsel of God's word, right? The scriptures. And so as he's saying that, okay, now get back in the story here with me. Peter is saying, listen, we saw Jesus. We saw Jesus glorified, right? Shining. And then all of a sudden, Elijah and Moses, who had died already, appeared alongside him. And Peter's sitting there, and he's like, man, should we build some tents? Should we do this? He saw this happen. He also wrote this letter after he saw Jesus risen from the dead. He saw Jesus glorified. All right, he interacted with Jesus. He was forgiven by Jesus. He was restored by Jesus. He saw Jesus ascended to the right hand of God the Father, right? In Acts chapter one, he's standing there with his, you know, mouth wide open. He sees this about Jesus and his encouragement to this early church and his encouragement to you and me is even that should not be the foundation of your faith. Your experience, your mountaintop high, your, your, your hearing of someone else who had this experience. In his case, saying, my eyewitness account, even that should not be the foundation of your faith. You have something even better. It's the word of God. So now this passage of scripture is important for us to press into a bit right now. Okay, some of you might not know that the, the Protestant Reformation, right? The, and I'm not going to get into all of this, but, but when it took place in the 1500s, it was this, okay? That the Catholic Church was the church, right? It was the only church at the time. And there were some good things going on and some bad things going on. And Martin Luther didn't want to necessarily break away from the Catholic Church. He actually got kicked out, okay? His goal wasn't to try to tear down the Catholic Church, but 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 as he he um he he established and the church was built upon this understanding of what's referred to as the five solas. Okay, it's sola scriptura. It's by it's by the scriptures alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone, um, by God's grace alone, for God's glory alone. Right. Did I mean miss any there? No, okay, so the five solas, and sola means only, all right? And, it's, and we could get into all what that means and stuff, but that's not important, right? So focus on what's important here. So one of those is sola scriptura. And why that was important at the time was that the Catholic Church was married to the political powers that be. And there was this oversight in people's lives. And this idea was, no, 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 listen, the authorities right now, they can read God's word. They know what God says. And you don't really even need to go to God's word. And most people didn't even read at the time. But even if they could, the understanding was, you don't really need to read the Bible for yourself. Just trust those who do. All right? Just trust the people that read the Bible. Well, if in someone cases like in someone's case like Martin Luther, they said, "Well, I read this in the Bible, and there's a contradiction, um, and I want to ask you about it. Can you explain to me? It says here in the Word, um, you know, to lo- love your neighbor, or that God has a heart for the m- marginalized and for the downtrodden, and and you're you're to talking about kind of keeping people down, and you know, whatever it is." Um, they would say, "Well, well." 
I actually have more authority than the word because my interpretation of scripture is greater than your understanding of scripture. So it's not really God's scripture, it's my interpretation of scripture. And that's where this passage was used largely to instill the significance and the importance of faith built upon the word of God alone, which reveals Jesus Christ alone and salvation, reconciliation, redemption um, by his grace, his undeserved favor alone, for God's glory alone. And so as he appealed to scripture alone, he came to this, and, and the church fathers came to this particular passage. So why is that important for us today? All right, let me say on the one hand, um, it's, this isn't, well, let's expose the Catholic Church. or di- Okay, we could have a rich conversation. There are, uh, I think, biblical, solid followers of Jesus who are part of the Catholic Church today. Okay, so this isn't, let's get in a tug of war or do this. Okay, we could have a great conversation about where there are differences and there are significant ones. But the point is right now for us, Right back to the basics. What does it look like to follow Jesus? Whether Catholic or Protestant or some other denominational affiliation, what is what do we how do we view, how do we engage with scripture? Some of us probably do have this view that we kind of trust culture or religion or theological hierarchy. And, and we don't understand that that the scriptures are a gift for us, for for the least of these, for the most uneducated, for the marginalized, right? We talked a ton during our Advent series about how God revealed high theology and doctrine to, in the most broken circumstances, to um, pregnant, unwed, single moms, right? To shepherds, the, the the, the downtrodden, the marginalized in society. But some of us also have this willy-nilly view of Scripture where we rely more on our feelings. And we, we, we more put our place like the Catholic Church did in the 1500s. We, we put ourselves as the Pope. We say, well, my interpretation, I will use the scriptures to enlighten and inform how I feel, and um, I'll kind of chop them up or use this verse, but not look at those verses, and, and, and we are in this dangerous place, all right, of not trusting the authority of scripture as the primary direction for who we are, who God is, who we are in relationship with him, how we relate with one another, all right, there's, I'm just going to say this. Um, as I was kind of preparing for this, and, and I've had some conversations about this, and I might get some emails out of this. That's okay. Um, there's a podcast right now that, that we were talking about at Surge a couple weeks ago called The Liturgist. And I always have a hard time with L, so it's, that's a hard one for me. But, um, and as you know, we have a Liturgist. Hitergy as a church, right? We walk through it every week in our corporate gathering. And there's some really good things in that podcast. There's some things that they speak into. There's some different aspects of culture. We say all of life is all for Jesus. There are some conversations on this podcast that talk about ways that our faith is informed in different aspects of culture and things like that. But I'll also say this. I feel a need as, as the pastor of this church to give also a significant warning 
I think that podcast is, is really needs to be for those who are more mature in their faith and more discerning. Because there's also some stuff that I would strongly disagree with. And, and, and one, one aspect of that podcast is that it, I don't think it, it, it reveres the significance of Scripture alone. And that it reveres building theology and understanding of God and even understanding of his word through the authority of his word. But it kind of, especially in, in, in relationship with the scripture, tends to have a, a, a pretty, I'll just say, pretty weak view of the scriptures, of God's word. And I say this again as a warning coming back to the beginning, that in this room right now, there are those of us who view God's word as sterile and academic and maybe more of that kind of traditional view of, man, it, my faith isn't by God's word alone. It's by God's word through other people and through tradition and through family. And, and, and my faith isn't really informed by my relationship with the Lord through his word. But then others of us have a really lower view maybe not a strong enough understanding of his word. And it's right there in, uh, it's in the same vein as podcasts we listen to and experiences we have on Mount Lemon and, you know, nap time and like at the incense burning and whatever it is. And those things are right there on the same plane. And, and the warning to us needs to be coming back. No, like Peter, even this experience I had that you've heard about, that shouldn't be the foundation of your faith. God's word, which is given and is not just from someone's own interpretation, but is given in that very Latin verse 21, um, carried out by the Holy Spirit. This is what we build our faith upon. And now why is all this important? Ultimately, because it's about Jesus. This scripture is about Jesus. We can't have an intimate relationship with Jesus outside of his word. Okay, look with me at a couple places here as we close in understanding the significance of God's word. In John chapter one, we read this about the word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. And then he kind of picks up the same thought down in verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. If you want to know Jesus, you know his word. If you took the scriptures and formed a person, you have Jesus. Okay, if you want to know Jesus more deeply and more intimately, you read his word and you know him through the word. Again, hear me. It is not at all to down. Okay, again, go back, right? We fall on these, on these, on these, on these extremes on either way. It's not to only build up an academic, um, stuffy, cold version of God. Okay, it's to understand Jesus and his character, and his love. Hear me on this, okay? We can't fully know him outside of his revelation through the book of Numbers and Leviticus, right? Through the, and I admit, okay, I gotta work hard. And, and here's the good news too. We've got a lifetime to do it. 
All right. It's not like, and we'll get to the really, really practical in a, in a mo- moment, but also the, the invitation of God is this. Know me, know my son, know my love for you. Understand the cross, understand the re- resurrection, understand the law, understand community, understand relationship through his word. And some of the dangers, guys, that we fall into is this. Again, some of us, and I very practically, I have relationships and conversations where understanding of sexuality, sexual identity, relationship within a, in, in a, in a, as a dating couple, as an engaged couple, as a married couple, that is, that is so often built on everything but God's word. Well, I just really feel this, and I could justify this, and our perspective is this, and we and, and, and there's and there's this willy-nilly perspective of God's word and this and this kind of surgery done of copy and paste. And well, in our in my life, this the context looks like this. So, you know, this, surely this isn't what God wants. And and there's this really flippant view. And again, on the flip side, on the more academic side, you get people on the U of A mall who define love in this really cold way and are yelling at people and calling them degrading terms and, 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 and tearing them down and saying, well, this is my version of love. And I would say that's an equally weak um, relationship with God's word. All right, people on either side of the pollution political aisle, on the religious, legalistic, or the licentious aisle, right? We all, it it comes back to a really flippant view of God's word, and we more use it to do and be what we want to do and be. And again, ultimately, this comes back to an invitation of God to be shaped as his people through his word. So again, I want to ask you, when you think of reading God's word, do some of those words that we talked about earlier come to mind? Is it reviving, perfect, rejoicing my heart, enlightening my eyes, more desirable than gold, sweeter than honey? And if not, why? Do you rely on other things more? Or do you view God's word as cold and uninviting? His charge for us to be in his word is because he loves us. He knows it's good for us. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, when we read about his word, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable. It's profitable. It's good for us. For teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Okay, God loves you. So he's not just kind of slapping some rules. Hey, wake up on Saturday morning. Go out and pull some weeds, right? Eat your spinach, right? Spend time in the Bible. Suck it up. It's an invitation to know him and then to be shaped as his people. So very, very practically, what does this look like? Okay, I mentioned earlier, my first exposure to God's word was years after I came to faith in him. And finally, someone said to me, this is what you do. 
the f- curse of the month is coming up in a couple days for us, the f- curse of the year. I was encouraged, hey, read a proverb a day for a mo- month. And I was at an age and a time and an intellectual ca- capacity where I didn't understand probably 90% of what I read. All right? Some of the stuff in the Proverbs, I'm like, wait, what? Like, I don't get that. But it shaped me. And guess what? I kept doing it for a long time until I finally was encouraged. Oh, now go read this other book. Go read something else. But, right, you could do that. Try it out. Read a proverb a day for the, fir- for the first 31 days of the year. That might be helpful. For me, it was. Okay, some of you might say, oh, I've already done that. Well, now what? You know, some people have different things that they do. Some people read a proverb and a psalm and one chapter from the Old Testament, one chapter from the New Testament. If that's helpful for you, then by all means do it. Some of you might hear other people and think, man, I got to read through the Bible. Sometimes I do read through the Bible in the year. I'm actually, I just kind of celebrated with my wife this many years into my faith. I think this is the first time I've actually read through every day what I was supposed to read. And so tomorrow's going to be the last three chapters of Revelation. I didn't have to cheat. I actually got it and boom, done. Guess what? Next year, I'm not doing that. I think my wife is going to. Next year, starting in a couple days here, it's going to look different for me. I'm going to slow down. I'm not going to try to plow through because I missed a lot. Right? Just driving fast down the highway, I missed a ton. So I'm going to slow down. I'm going to give myself some space to read one passage for like multiple days in a row and just kind of stew over it. Okay, lastly... We have a resource that also might be a helpful on-ramp for you. It's this. It's called New Morning Mercies by Paul David Tripp. Especially if you're married or you have roommates or you're in consistent relationship with some people, this is a great tool. I'd highly recommend it. It walks through every day of the year, and it, um, there's, a, there's a scripture passage and then a little devotional that he wrote, and you can talk about it. My wife and I did it for, for a year, and then at the end of the year, we're like, let's just do it again, right? Hit re- repeat, right? You're done with the, the dr- drier sounds, and you're like, oh, the clothes aren't dry yet, right? Hit it again. That we were like, man, we need to go over this again. Okay, I say all this really practically because I just want to encourage us to understand God's invitation to know him, to be shaped by his word. It's important how we view ourselves how we relate with one another, what we understand when we're singing corporately together, when we hear his word or we hear music, that's all good stuff, but it's informed. It's built upon a solid foundation of his word. We're told in the scriptures in Isaiah chapter 40, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. Amen? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Lord, we recognize right now that there are other believers, brothers and sisters in Christ, followers of Jesus, in different parts of the world that would long to have your word in their hands. Or there are people imprisoned in different countries and parts of the world that that, that, that are relying on the scripture they've memorized, Lord, to get them through each day. And Lord, as we hear about the significance of your word, I pray that you wouldn't, Lord, that there wouldn't be a weight or a shame 
on us? Lord, if we need to be convicted, then yes, convict us. But Lord, as is always the, cra- always the case, I pray that you would lead us to response, Lord, to freedom, to joy, Lord, where we understand the gift of your word given to us. And Lord, I pray that over time we would begin to see your word as being more precious than gold and, and Lord, more sweet than honey. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.